Greet somebody beside you. Give them a good old hug or a handshake or smile. Tell them you love them. I'm here for you. Tell them I'm here for you. I've got your back. We're going to make it to heaven together. We're going to make it in Jesus' name. Going to make it in Jesus' name. I'm so glad we're at church together today. It's good to be together. If you have your Bible, let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 47 for our reading of our text today. Continuing our series talking about real church and defining the real church, becoming the real church. What is the real church? Are we the real church? Is there a real church? And if there is, I want to be the real church. I want to make sure I'm in the real church. I don't just go to a church that has church on the sign. I want to be the real church. If the idea of church came from the Bible, then we should still keep going to the Bible to be the church. And the problem today is that churches no longer use the Bible to define themselves. They use what makes the crowds come. It's a business. But we're a church here. We're a church here at AFC. We're Austin First Church, and we don't want to be hypocrites with that name, Church. Acts 2.47, the journey continues because this is the next time in the Bible where we see the word church. We've already done two. This is the third one, Acts 2.47. They praised God. They had favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. I want to be that church right there. Anybody else want to go to that kind of church? A praising God kind of church? A favor with all the people kind of church? A church where it's daily and not just Wednesday and Sunday? People are like, we should, we should make sure we go the Sabbath. No, daily. I'm in the Sabbath. I'm in, the Holy Ghost is the Sabbath. I'm in the rest. Every day's a holy day for me. Every day's a day of victory for me. Every day's a day to walk in the Lord daily. Those who are being saved. Everybody say the real church. Part two is about the first church. We talked about what Jesus talked about, and now we're talking about the first church and how it started. And we want to become the real church. Everybody say in Jesus' name. And you can be seated. Part two. Defining the Real Church, if you're watching online, thank you for joining us online. Hope that this helps you wherever you are today. And please keep praying for people who are sick. A lot of sickness still going around. What, I don't know what's going on. Never seen so many sick people. I don't know if it, COVID did this or it's just our diets, the food we eat. I don't know, but I don't know what's going on. But people are just sick and can't get over sickness. I'm trying to say we're sick and people are coughing. They can't even hear me right now. They're just like, <laughs> It's going around. You don't have to cough to, to agree with me. Amen. There's going to be some amen in today and some coughing today. Finally, the church that was promised to exist, it does exist in the Bible. Jesus said it, remember last week? Jesus said there would be a church. Finally, the church has started. Here's how the church first started. Let's see if this is how you started when you got in church. You see, the committed followers of Jesus were waiting for the promise of the Holy Ghost in Jerusalem like Jesus told them to do. The first thing that the church 
did to start was they were obedient to Jesus. Even before you go to church, you've got to be obedient to Jesus. You can't find the church unless you're obedient to Jesus. The first thing that the church did before they became the church was they obeyed Jesus. You can hear from Jesus when you're not in the church. That's how you get the church. If you're truly praying and talking to God before church, you're going to get in church. If you're sincere in your walk with God, you're going to find the right church. People that say, I have a personal walk with God, if it's sincere, it will lead you to a gathering of believers. It will not leave you alone at home. It will only leave you at home alone watching online when you have a reason. You're sick. But if you really are praying at home and you've got a deep walk with God, then Jesus will tell you to do stuff like this. He will tell you to gather with other people in his name, in one place, in one place. Not just gather online across the world in prayer. Gather physically in one place. That's the way the church started. We can make up all kinds of reasons why we do what we do, but I'm going to go by the Bible. I'm going to be dumb, and I'm going to be ignorant, and I'm going to go by the Bible because he's got all the answers already there for me. So the first church started by them listening to Jesus, gathering together, and it was actually on a Jewish festival of Pentecost that the Holy Ghost that was promised was poured out on 120 of them as they were gathered together, waiting patiently in one place, in one accord. So the first thing the church did before it even became the church was it unified together with hungry people saying, we want to obey God together. The church began in obedience. The church began in unity. If you don't mind being in unity and obedience to the Spirit, to Jesus Christ or to the Lord, then he will tell you to gather together and you will eventually get the Holy Ghost. What's one of the first things that the church did to become the church? They got the Holy Ghost. How do you know when you're in church? Get the Holy Ghost. That's how the first church started. Don't shake the preacher's hand. Don't sign a card. That doesn't get you in the church. The first church started by obeying Jesus, gathering with unified believers, and letting the Holy Ghost pour out in that gathering until everybody was talking in tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. The Bible does not say two or three talked in tongues and the other uh, 118 or 117 watched. The Bible says, and they were all together, and they all spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. We believe that it, that means that when you get the Holy Ghost, you will speak in other tongues as evidence that God has control of you and your brain and your body. And that's the difference in us and other Spirit-filled churches, is we believe that the Spirit's for everyone, not just for a select group of people. We believe that the gift of the Holy Ghost is for everyone. And we believe that everybody, women and children, everybody, preachers and non-preachers, should receive the Holy Ghost. That's what happened, and that's how the church started. I don't know why the current teaching is that some people talk in tongues and some don't. The Bible does not say that part of them spoke in tongues. It says, for they spoke in tongues. Who's the they in context? 120 people. 100% of the gathering is the they. 100% was speaking in tongues. If it wasn't the case, the Bible would have made it clear. Well, why didn't the Bible just say everyone needs to talk in tongues and go to heaven? But the Bible doesn't say a lot of things because we're supposed to have a heart. It's not a rule book. It's not going to tell you how many flowers to bring on the date. Your love is supposed to dictate how many flowers you bring on the date. 
The book is not a book of flowers. It's a book of love. And when you fall in love, you count the flowers out. I want everything I can give. I want everything I can get. I'm not looking for how little. I'm looking for how much. And churches that teach, you don't have to, and that's their doctrine. They're trying to get you in as easy as they can and make you feel safe. But we are preaching the Bible here. And the Bible says they spoke in tongues and they could sense the Holy Ghost. It was like a, a mighty wind was blowing. Is that the kind of church you go to? You can sense a wind, an invisible movement in the atmosphere. Is that the kind of church you go to? Because this is the church in the Bible. The Bible says they heard a sound. It was like a wind. The Bible says that they, there was like a language and their tongues were like fire. Is that the kind of church you go to? That's the kind of church I go to. Because I could feel the wind moving in this worship service. I could sense things shifting and moving. I couldn't see them. And then I look at some people, and they're looking up in the sky, and their tongue is like a little fire. It's just flickering when they, as they speak in other tongues. That's the church I go to. That's what I'm around on Sundays. That's just like this church. So I'm checking off the list, right? Making sure, because if, if there's anything we go through in this study we don't do, we'll pause and we'll add it. Because we're going to be the real church. We'll break every tradition. We'll risk losing our board and getting mad and shutting the church down. I'll go preach somewhere else. I'm going to preach the Bible. We're going to preach this. I'll stop everything and say, forget Pentecost. The Bible says do it. We're going to do it. Y'all can run me out of town if you want to, but I'm going to preach what the book says. I don't care what my tradition says. I'm not just going to be stuck to my Baptist ways or my Catholic ways or my Pentecostal. I'm going to do what the Bible says. Sounds like you're not going to kick me out. Thank God. They were accused of acting like they had been drinking alcohol. Is that the church you go to? Well, that church is acting weird. Those folks look like they're, they're on something. We're on, we, are on, we are on something. There's something in us. We are definitely under the influence of something. That something is the power of the Holy Ghost. Is that the church you go to? Where people walk in from the street and say, y'all look like y'all been drinking. And we're like, no, no, it's just 10 in the morning. We hadn't even had time to get this drunk yet. Uh, no, it's not that. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. This is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. That in the last days, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. This is what we are. We're the church. Well, there's lots of churches. They're beautiful. They're great. They're just not like that. And here's the thing. Nobody in the church is going to go talk to the pastor. And if they did, he ain't going to change. He's got 4,000 other people that agree with him. You think he's going to let one saint come challenge him? It's the majority that rules. And that's why the big churches don't change. Because no, who's going to call him out? Nobody's going to call him out. This big-time preacher, he's bigger and greater than anybody in the whole church. He's a, he's a YouTube star. He's got too much power for anyone to challenge. That's why it's not going to change. Unless the leadership of the church gets the revelation, the church will continue to be watered down across America. It's up to pastors and preachers to get the revelation. But now you as a saint, you as a believer, you need to know what kind of church you're going to go to. And it needs to be the biblical church. So the Bible says that they were gathering around, asking questions, saying, man, you guys look like y'all are drunk. You look crazy. And so I want to ask you, when people are praying and receiving the Holy Ghost, do they look normal? Well, I'm going to, one time, Pastor, I came to the front at a church, and I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. 
And I just stood there, and I said what the preacher said to say, and I know I'm saved now. That's not the church. That is man-made religion. Show me in the Bible where that happened. This is the beginning of the church. Shouldn't we try our best to use this to get in the church? So they were acting like they were drunk. They weren't acting. It was serious. They were so open to the Spirit that they were starting to let the Spirit take control. And when the Spirit takes control, the body gets a little weak and the body starts to give in. And you don't look like you're normal and in control anymore because you're not in control anymore. You gave up control to the Spirit. And when the Spirit takes over, it it feels euphoric and it feels peaceful and you feel relaxed and you feel the power of God. And people look at you and you look like you're not in control. I'm not in control. The Lord just took over this vessel. God just moved inside of me. He just moved in this temple. I'm not in control. I am now under the influence of the Holy Ghost. My tongue speaks things that only the Lord knows. He speaks through me and I am now drunk in the Spirit. That's what happened to them when the Holy Ghost first poured out. I don't see that happening anymore because we don't preach it. We should preach it. Our faith comes from the Word of God. And so when you come and receive the Holy Ghost and you do it right, these are the things that happen. That's what it looks like in church. Imagine a church of 120 people, everybody looking like they're drunk. That was normal. That's how they knew they got the Holy Ghost. How do people know they have the Holy Ghost these days? They accept the Lord Jesus as their personal Savior, and they just believe by faith. It's like saying, I'm going to put the seed in the ground, and I know that that is a tree. Where's the fruit? I have faith that it's growing, but it's not. Until it starts to produce fruit, it's not working. Look, our faith produces results. Well, I have faith I'm saved. Where are the results? I have faith I have the Holy Ghost. Where are the results? If there are no results, how do you know your faith works? Well, we'll never know if our faith. So I'm just, I'm just leading blind. I don't even know if there's any even God out there. I know there's a God. I tried it, and it worked. I had faith, and it worked. I prayed, I repented, and I got the Holy Ghost, and I spoke in tongues. And I felt that euphoric feeling of drunkenness. It works. Where is the after effect of your faith? It should happen if you do it the right way. All right? So that's the first church. That's what's happening. Uh, Many were confused about what was happening, so Peter got up and preached about it and clarified everything, explained it all to them. And uh, they had received the Holy Ghost. And it was the promise of the Father, and it was for everybody, everywhere. That's what Peter said. This is for everybody, everywhere. And the crowd was told to repent, to be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you should receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's what Peter preached. And then we get to Acts 2 and 40. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this, this perverse generation. Verse 41. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, because not everybody gladly receives the word. Some people say, this is not for me, I'm going to go down the road and keep being a Jew. So, not everybody received Peter's message. I think we think that everybody was just like, get me in the church. Not everybody wants this. Only those who were glad to hear it received. If you're not glad to hear it, you're not going to receive anything. So Peter preached, not everybody liked it. Some people went down to the church down the road. And said, I'm going to try that one. That's more, that fits me. But this is what was preached and this is the truth. And so that's what he preached. And the Bible says they, those who gladly received his word, verse 41, they were baptized. 
And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. Isn't that wonderful and powerful? Those that gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added. That's how the church began. That's the first day. That's the birthday of the church. The key words here are be saved and souls added. The key words are saved and added. You can't be saved unless you're added. See the connection? I'm saved, but I don't go to church. <laughs> so you're saved and not added. Right? You, you got to make sure you're in the church. And here's how you know. You're not just saved. You're added. Are you on the roll? I don't see you anytime. You're never involved. You're not part of us. But you're saved? The Bible says the first church was saved and added. Because we know that salvation takes connection. And you are not a part of the church absent from the body of Christ. It's not possible. So if you don't want to gather consistently, then you're not saved because you can't disconnect the saved from the added. And that's so important in the day of social media and online ministries is you've got to get with the church to be saved. There's no other model. There's no other model. People did not just stay on their own and not connect. That is not biblical. Acts 2.47. And praising God. Here's our text. You ready? Praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. You see the words again? Somebody say added. All right. Added to the church daily. Somebody say daily. Those who are being Added, saved. Added, saved. Added, saved. If you're saved, you are added. You're a part. There was 50, now there's 51. You are a part if you're saved. Do not be deceived in the last days saying, I'm saved, but I'm not added. And that's okay. It's not okay. It's not biblical. In fact, it's repeated. That salvation are people that are added to the body of Christ. Added to the number. Let me do it like this. 3,000 were added to 120. So now you got 3,120 people in the church. You can know if you're in the church. It's not, it's not confusing. 3,120 3, are in the church. Roll call. Where are you at? Some of y'all thought about that Chris Chris thing, that roll call, hallelujah, hallelujah, roll call, hallelujah, hallelujah. Some of y'all know that one? My name is Matthew. <laughs> Do I get in trouble for singing that? <laughs> Do I like cut me out, take my video offline because I copied somebody? I don't know how that works. That's probably going to be muted during the, mes during the message. They're going to mute me. Um, so some think you can be saved apart from the church, but you can't. It's repeated clearly. Being saved is the same as being in the church. And it's the church, not a church. It's the church. Notice the language here. It's the church, not a church. I go to a church. No, you have to go to the church. Somebody say, you go, you go to a church? I go to a church in my town. That's not, that's not good enough. You have to go to the church in the Bible. 
That means don't don't ask Presbyterian, Church of Christ. All that sounds good. I got Bible words all day. Presbyters were in the Bible. Church of Christ sounds great. All that makes sense, right? But you don't go off the name or the sign or the bishop and the cardinal. You get in there and you ask them, what do you preach that's compared to the word? And anybody, anybody in this room, you can come to me after service and say, I noticed you all do something and it's not in the book. And I'll say, well, yes, it is. It's right here because I wouldn't be this way without it being the book. Anything. Anything. And if you're right, I'll have a board meeting and we'll change it. Today. Because we're going by the word and you need the confidence that the church you're going by, you're going to, it sticks by the word. I have, I have unlimited abusive powers if I don't go by this book. And that's why churches are corrupt. Because we don't go by this book and we don't, we're not accountable to this book. So we got to make sure we do it this Bible way. The word church in the Greek is ecclesia, and it means called out. I preached about that recently. There are not three sides. When you are on one side, you're not on the other side. When you're called out, Matthew, you're on the other side of where you were. See that? You weren't in the church before you were called out, but now that you're called out, now you're in. There's not a third option. There's not church, non-church, and then in the middle of church, there's non-church and church. There's saved and not saved. This is very important because called out suggests that I was one way and now I'm a different way. To be out of the old is to be into the new. There is in the church and there is out of the church. In the world, out of the world. Now, why would Jesus use the words called out to define the church? He could have called it so many beautiful things. But why would he call it the called out ones to define the church? Because Jesus is the one that prophesied the church before there ever was a church. Why did he say, I'm going to call you people the called out people? Because the more I think about that, I think that's kind of a strange title for us. The called out. Who are y'all? We're the called out ones. Okay, that's pretty generic. Thank you. Why called out? Called out is a constant reminder that I am only out of the old because Jesus called me out of it. Think about that for a second. I'm not the went out. I'm the called out. The church is not the we got out. The church is the he called us out. Hey, pastor, how'd you get out? I got called out. Why not just leave on your own? Because I can't get out on my own. That's why I like that, that, that definition of the word ecclesia. Because it reminds me every time I say the word church that I could not have gotten in this thing without him paying the price for me. That I could not have gotten out of the world if he had not called me. You see, I'm a part of the church and I know how I got here. I got here because the Lord called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. I like being the called out ones because he gets all the credit. Anybody glad to be in the church today? Anybody glad to be called out today? 
I'm the called out people of God, and so are you, and I give all the glory back to Jesus. He called me out. I didn't call myself out. I couldn't have got out. He wanted me out. That's who we are. We're the called out ones. Now we're going to take a look at the normal lifestyle of the first church. Everybody say the first church. Acts 2.42, and they continued steadfastly. What's that fancy Greek word? I got you. It means glued to. And they continued glued together. They continued glued to, devoted to. It also means to wait on like a server at a table. Anything else you need? Anything else you need? Can I fill your cup? Hope, 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 hope. Anything else you need? Huh? I was at one of them fancy Brazilian steakhouses the other day. And uh, they had like 15 waiters at our table. They were bringing us meat and re refills of Brazilian lemonade. And I could barely take a bite, and they were bringing me more. And that's just how they roll there. And it was just they were waiting on my every need. And I'd just be like, I, I feel like it got to the point where I would just think it, and they'd bring it. You know, it was like they had this tele telepathy. It was just crazy. I'd be like, can I get it? Like, yes, it's coming. I'm like, okay. And it was amazing how, how they were just ready to help me. And that's what I feel like this word means, steadfast. It's like, I, whatever you need, I'm there. That's how tight they were. And they continued steadfastly in what? In the apostles' doctrine. So, so take the first part I just explained and now tie it to that phrase, the apostles' doctrine. Wait a minute. No, no, no. That's not right. That's what, those are just men. Don't listen to men. They make mistakes. In Jesus' doctrine, that's what they should have said. Probably a typo. Why did it say that they were so dedicated and devoted to the apostles' doctrine and not Jesus' doctrine? Because the apostles already had Jesus' doctrine, and they're about to get more. Because the Spirit will lead and guide you in to all truth. Truth did not stop with the red letters of the Bible. Because truth goes where spirit goes. And where spirit goes, truth goes. And you can't disconnect spirit from truth. And God is still speaking truth to the church. And the apostles were given the spirit and leadership and authority to train the newborn church to become mature. That's why it's not good enough for you to follow just Jesus' words. That's why we are the apostolic church. We just made that up. But what that means is we want to follow the teachings of the apostles. Because that's what the first church did, amen? So we are a people. The first church is a people, and we should be a people, that we follow the leadership of the church and their teachings. And this is why it gets difficult. Because we like to use just the red letter part. And even if you did use the red letter part, it would be good enough because it would send you to the apostles. But we like to discount anybody other than Jesus. But that's the same as discounting Jesus because Jesus speaks through men still. you got to have his spirit to know if it's God talking to you. Not somebody trying to trick you. So I want to show you what the new church did. The new church followed the apostles' doctrine. That means teachings. So the apostles were the first leaders of the church, and they taught people because they had no clue how to be the church. This was brand new. So they were submitted to the apostles' teachings, and they had fellowship. Somebody say fellowship. That, now we can rally around that one. That word fellowship means partnership, communication, social interaction. 
not just business all the time. Let's have more meetings, more prayer, more spirituality. No, let's throw some washers. How about that? Let's, let's get some bounce houses. Let's have some fellowship. You see, they were not just having doctrinal teachings all the time, but the church enjoyed being around each other. Who do you like hanging out with in church? Three people? I got my group. I got about four people I like. Not many other people. A healthy church can play together. A healthy spiritual church can hang out with each other. You know you're a healthy church and a mature church when you can endure each other outside of prayer. Because some of us can only hang out when we're praying. Because if we ain't praying, we fight. It's the will of God for the church to have fellowship together. And don't you ever think we're carnal when we have a potluck? Don't you ever call us carnal whenever we have some bounce houses and we have a fall festival. We're not carnal. We're spending time together building brotherly and sister bonds with each other because we need to not just pray all the time. We need to spend time in fellowship, talking on a human level. It's biblical. Now, I don't know if it meant hanging out with the apostles because of the comma and how it broke up, but you can't say it doesn't fit somehow. The apostles should not just be always praying and teaching. They need to let their hair down a little, it looks like. Because how do you get close to the apostles if you can't even have fellowship with them? I don't think it's the will of God for you to be afraid of the apostle. I think you should be able to, to talk with the apostle like a human being. I don't think that they're larger in life. I think they're a gift to God's church. I don't think they're better than anybody else. I think they're going to teach you what the Spirit says, but I think there should be fellowship and not just business all the time. There should be social. <laughs> Woo! That was good. Some of y'all can't even laugh when I'm laughing. Y'all so full of death and destruction. Come on, somebody. Why can't you get a little joy inside of you? Some of y'all scared of game nights. Some of y'all scared of fellowships. Y'all scared of horseshoes. My, my. We ought to fellowship. Somebody say we ought to fellowship. Now I'm going to get to the real good part. And in breaking of bread. Thank you, Jesus. See, some of y'all are like, all y'all do is go out to eat with each other. Well, it's biblical and, you know. You know, after, after this service is over. <laughs> About to go break some bread. You hear me? I'm going to break it good, too. Break it up real good. Stick it in my mouth. What does this word in the Greek, this phrase in the Greek means? Literally eating bread. It's a deep revelation. But sometimes most spiritual things are simple. In fact, there's a place in the Bible where it says, don't even eat dinner with someone who calls himself a brother, but he's a drunkard. Because eating with people creates bonds. I don't know if it's because you got something in your teeth and it's embarrassing and it builds humility. I don't, I don't know what it is about eating, but everybody's always happy eating. Everybody, everybody's always getting along when we're eating. It's just like stuff on our faces, feeling good. It's like you forget about the problems. You just, this is so good. Man, you're, you're so much more fun to be around whenever the steak tastes good. Man. I enjoy this time. And so it literally means eating bread. The first church got together and they ate together. And then they had prayers together. 
Somebody say prayers. They prayed together. And here's what I think. If you can play together, you can pray together. Some people don't want you laying hands on them because they don't know you like that. You had not talked to me in six months. You want to come try to lay a hand on my head? That's the problem. The problem is not they don't think you're anointed. It's so they don't know you. Someone's like, well, I pray all the time. Yeah, but you don't hang out with anybody. Well, I'm fasting all the time. But nobody likes you because you never hang out with anybody and make friends. But I got my personal walk with Jesus down. But you don't walk with any other human. And Jesus does walk with people. So if you're, if he's, if you're following him, you're going to end up with people. Jesus don't hang out by himself all the time. And he ain't leading you to be by yourself all the time. That's just an excuse for you not to have challenges in life. So they prayed together. But look at the order. I thought it was interesting. The order is, is they had teaching from the apostle. They were all submitted to the same teaching. That creates unity. They fellowshiped together. They ate together. They prayed together. And if, if you go in order, could it be that the first three prepare us to be able to get into spiritual atmospheres? Because if, if we can hang out and be ourselves around each other and play some games like Pictionary and not kill each other, Diego, Becca. <laughs> Their marriage was on the rocks, y'all. I'm going to confess for our youth pastor and wife, but God came through and preserved their marriage during the game Pictionary. It was this close. She made some ugly picture of a toast. Nobody knew what it was. He was like, Pastor, what is this? And I'm like, I don't know, a cube? Some kind of square? She's like, butter and toast. And I was like, I'm praying for you, brother. Praying for you. I may have got that story wrong, but I think it's close enough. At least it was funny. We, we've got to be able to enjoy each other and trust each other. And then I don't mind you walking up on me, laying hands, being like, you got a word for me. we got people in this church who are like, I feel a word for someone. I'm like, do they know you? No. Why don't you hang out with them? Well, I just, you know. Yo, anybody can go to prayer and get a word for somebody. But it takes the real Holy Ghost to hang out and have coffee with some people. Oh, Jesus is fun to hang out with. You want to go have coffee with Jesus? I'm going to have coffee with Jesus today because, you know, that's number one. But, guys, we have to hang out with each other. And maybe if you feel a word for someone, really you feel a burden for them. And if you feel a burden for someone, why don't you first become their friend so that you can prove to them that you actually are hearing from God for them. Because I'm not going to receive a word from someone that I don't know if even know if you love me. You could be trying, the devil could be using you to destroy me. Is this good? Y'all good? The first church operated in the gifts of the Spirit after love because love sets the runway for the gifts of the Spirit to move. And a church that only gathers in prayer meetings and never has fun with each other doesn't have very good prayer meetings. Because we have prayer and you're in your corner and I'm in my corner. It's a big room. And I'm like, we're going to gather, we're going to pray. And I'm up on the platform and you're in the back by the door and we pray and have a great prayer meeting and then we leave and go home. And we act like we're fellowshipping. We're not. Fellowship is when you're hanging out with each other and you're just talking human to human. The first church knew how to have social interaction. You've got the Holy Ghost now. What's stopping you? Well, I just can't be around people. I have anxiety. No, you don't. You have the Holy Ghost. Well, I just don't know my personality. You've got the Holy Ghost personality. You've got the personality of Jesus inside of you. You can hang out with anybody. You can have fun now. 
You maybe even could win a game for the first time in your life. You've got the wisdom of God. You may could win Monopoly or have the patience to endure it. We have to have real relationships, not just churchy talk. Hello, sister. Hello, brother. Good to see you. Bless thee. Let's get out of here. I don't want to eat with them. Oh, God. Hey, are we going to be the real church or just a gathering of people that show up and have a social club? And See you Sunday. The real church spends time together. In the Bible, in the first church, it was daily. Oh, I just got to have my space. When you have the Holy Ghost, you don't want to just be by yourself all the time. The Holy Ghost is a giver, and you got to be around something to give to. Kind of convicting, isn't it? Let me hurry and try to go to my closing. Acts 2.43, then fear. Oh, now the fear shows up. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Every word matters in the Bible. Now, reverence and deep respect shows up in the church. You would think that the reverence and deep respect came first. That's like a pastor coming in saying, you better be my friend. I prayed all day. I know you don't know me, but you better respect me. That's not the way to gain the respect of the people. That's why the apostles taught them they fellowship with them, they had fun with them, they prayed with them, and then there was respect. Oh, I want people to respect me. You're getting your order wrong. Respect's not first. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now, Brother Matthew. Respect's not first. Well, I just need respect. Respect comes at the end. I want my, I just want my wife to respect me. You got four steps before that. Sir, for, you got a lot of steps before respect shows up. Well, respect comes first. No, it doesn't. Not even the apostles got respect first. I walk with Jesus. Don't you know that? Who cares? Who are you? Well, I, I watched them be racing dead. Who cares? Who are you? No one knows who you are. This is good teaching. I know it might feel like a Wednesday night, but this is just we need to hear about what the real church is. God help us. Be the real church. God help me be the real church. Then fear, reverence, deep respect came upon every soul and many wonders and signs. Boy, wouldn't that mean need to see? We're done. Who are they done by? Who? The apostles. Is that what it says? Those guys that you had a hard time submitting to early on are the ones producing signs and miracles, and maybe now your baby can be healed from cancer. Better be careful not having yourself a great minute God in your life. Might come in handy one day whenever you're going through all hell, and you've got some devils coming against your house, and you can't fight it by yourself, and you've got a sickness that won't leave. You might come in handy one day. Because the Bible didn't say that it worked through every single one of them, that the signs first started out in the apostles and wonders in the apostles. Why is that in the Bible? Reverence. Reverend. Reverend. Reverence. They used to call preachers rev reverends. 
because they were to be revered, to be respected. That's the old school, right? I wonder if it makes a difference in us when we're respected as preachers and ministers. I thought about that when I was studying. I wonder, does it make a difference in us, in our ministries, if we are respected? And you may be thinking, preachers' ability to do the wonders, signs, and miracles comes from God, not the people. If that's true, then why in Matthew 13, 55, does it say, is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers James, uh, Joseph or Hoses? I don't know. I'm from Texas. I don't know if it's an H or Simon, Judas. Oh, Judas. Okay, it's Joseph. <laughs> it's not Hudas. <laughs> Hudas. <laughs> and his sisters are not they all with us? Where, did, where then did this man? Get all these things. So they were offended at him. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own country and his own house. Look at this. Now, he did not do many mighty works there because of unbelief. Watch it. Watch it now. They did not believe in the man. They believed in God. These were Jewish people. They believed Jehovah had all power. Am I right? So why? Could Jesus not do many powerful things? Because they doubted the vessel that God was trying to use. They lost on the miracles. You say, I have faith in God, just not in God's man. And it's okay. It's not okay when you want a miracle. Well, God can give me a miracle without the man. Why didn't he? Why didn't he then? I don't have to have a pastor or a church or an apostle in my life. I can get what I need just my own walk with God. It's not biblical that way. Because God doesn't want to give you miracles detached from the church. Because then you won't need his body. So the reason why the Lord requires you to be in reverence of his kingdom and his authorities is because he wants to flow the miracles, signs, and wonders through his vessels, and his vessels are not special, but they are chosen. His preachers are not better than anybody else, but they are anointed of God. And I just, I'm curious today, what if you're not getting a miracle because of your disrespect for ministry? That's, is that Pastor Green? He hasn't done it all right. You're right. He's only 40. He's not even like an old elder with full of wisdom. You're right. How bad do you want a miracle, though? What if God unlocked your miracle because you trusted that he picked somebody to pray for you? And he does not make mistakes. And the body may look weak, and the man may look like he's nobody, but the God inside of the man has the power, and maybe your lack of faith in the man's ministry is holding back your miracle. Something for you to think about. But I'll tell you, for me, I believe in the man of God. And I want, I want to be prayed for over a man of God. Not because the man of God's great but because God chose to use the man. Interesting, isn't it? 
I'm trying to prove to you that the apostles were heavily involved. Men are heavily involved in the church. Yep. They didn't doubt God's power. They doubted God's vessel. And their doubt in a man, their doubt in the man God was working through stopped the miraculous. And I just think you can't separate your faith in God from your faith in God's messengers. And when you doubt God's man, you miss out on God's miracles. We, we can do some music. I'm about to close. I'm going to pray today. Acts 2.44. Now all who believe were together, literally around each other, and had all things in common. They saw themselves as the same person. They were all generic. Isn't that beautiful? Nobody's better than anybody else. Whites aren't better. Blacks aren't better. Rich aren't better. Poor aren't better. Some poor folks think they're better than rich folks because I don't have to worry with all the filth of all the money and the sins and no one's better than anybody. This is the church, y'all. I'm so glad our church has different cultures. I'm so glad we got people who drive nice cars and not so nice cars because that means we can hang out. Because this city's divided east and west. But our church is not divided. Because of the Spirit of God. They have the same thing. Is this the church we are? then you don't think yourself better than anybody else. doesn't matter what language they speak. doesn't matter how tough things are financially. You don't ever, ever let anything come between us. Nope. So they're around each other. They saw themselves the same. Verse 45, they stole their possessions. That word there pretty much means their extra lands they had. Just they had extra laying around. You say, well, did it mean where they were living right now? Well, if it meant where they were living right then, where would they live? I don't think it meant where they were living. I think it meant the extra. The whole purpose is, is they're wanting to sow into this new church. And they're excited. And they love each other. And they're hanging out all the time. It was like a party, man. It was fun. It was like, it was like camp meeting all week. Daily. So they're selling lands, trying to pay for stuff. They're selling their goods, which are like extra valuables, like, like an Xbox. You probably shouldn't play anyway. A motorcycle that sits in the garage is probably going to kill you one day. Just got real heavy there, didn't it, when I said that? Move on, Pastor. That's not your subject. You're right. I submit to that. And divided them among all as anyone had need. That's beautiful, isn't it? Well, Pastor, how come we don't do that? We can't. I got some things I'll sell. Do you want to join? Oh, I'm willing. Put me to the test. I'm all in. Are we ready for that? Do we trust each other that much? Are we there with apostles' teachings? With fellowship? With bread? With prayer meetings? With reverence? See, we want to skip to the part where everybody gets free food and money. Well, well, Pastor, where's the church at? If we were really the church, we would sell all of our land. We can't even eat with each other. We don't even have reverence for ministry anymore. You think people are going to have a revival of finances? That comes last. God wants to give us anything and make anybody any more rich when we can't get the first five things figured out. 
No one will not bless his church financially if we don't have our hearts right. And if he doesn't bless us financially, we can't help each other. I say to you, let's hurry up and be the church. We can have all things common and we can help each other. They divided them out to anyone. Everybody say had need. It does not say to anybody who had wants. first question when you ask for something is do you need it or do you want it and where did your money go that you had last week did you give it away to someone else that you shouldn't have did you waste it you see when we have all things common you don't blow your money anymore because you know it's going to be your brother that bails you out And because you love your brother so much, you stop blowing your money because you know the people in your church are going to be feeling their heartstrings pulled to try to rescue you. You're not really in love with me when you keep making bad choices and begging me to bail you out. No. If you love me and you love this church, you're going to take care of you. And you're going to make sure you're financially right and you're not always sinking all the time. And you're going to put away the addictions and put away the habits. And you're going to budget your checkbook because you know our heart does pull for you. And you know we hate it when you can't pay that rent. And nothing breaks my heart like a phone call that says my electricity is about to be turned off. And as much as I want to go through every line of your checkbook to see how you waste your money or don't. My heart says, how can I pay for this? Because we have all things common. But do you have all things common? Because that's right for you. All the responsibility is on the ministry. The responsibility is all of us. They all had all things common, not just the preachers. The lowest level saint had all things common and would sell their things and give it away. The poorest person here is willing to sell something they don't need. I got two irons, Pastor. I'll sell one for five bucks, and I'll give it to someone who needs five bucks. It's for everybody, y'all. This is the church that Jesus built, and we've got to be the church. Verse 46, continuing daily. All of that so far was done daily. Look, I'll give you Sundays. That's it. I'm busy the rest of the week. Find, your, find a way to be a part of the church every day. I didn't say gather at AFC every day. Find a way to join in the church work every day. Phone call, text, email, whatever. Daily, they walked with God together. With one accord in the temple. Everybody say the temple. They had outreach. Daily, Brother Dale. They went out to the local synagogues and they preached Jesus to Jews first. Just like we're doing in our city. And breaking bread from house to house. That's the local community. We're doing that Tuesday night. They ate their food with gladness. That's expressive joy and simplicity of heart. They did not overcomplicate things and stress out all the time. They managed their life and just enjoyed being a part of the kingdom of God. This is the first church. Is your calendar too busy? It is not the will of God for church folks to be over busy. Simplify your life and have exceeding joy. 
Then we come to our text. Praising God. This wasn't a church service thing. This was a lifestyle thing. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Hey, y'all, that's in the New Testament. That's in the church. How come y'all have praise up here? Because the first church had praise. And that word means singing. And that's the same word praise like angels showed up and sang songs. It's a host of singing and praise to God. That's why we do it in the New Testament church. Because it's happened in the first church. Daily they were praising God. Houses they were praising God. Temples praising God. Everywhere we praise God. And I love this part, y'all. Are you ready? Having favor with all the people. Hey, what's that, that first church over there? Oh, I love that church. Those are good people over there. I heard about you guys over there. You guys are really awesome over there. We are the church, and we ought to have a good reputation. Isn't that right? I want to have a good reputation with people. I want people to know who we are. That's right. And then at the end, it closes out by saying, and the Lord added to the church daily. How do we get to the place for the Omar where we have a daily revival of new people, evangelism? I just listed all the steps out. And when we get there, you're going to see people getting baptized every single day. In this church, at Loving Austin headquarters, on the street corners, in your pools, neighborhood community pools, hot tubs, bathtubs, you watch what happens when the church finally aligns with what God has called us to be. There will be people coming in, backsliders coming in, new people coming in every single day. I got to say it. We love the 3,000, Andrew. Give me the daily. I'm so glad around 80 got the Holy Ghost in Corpus Christi this weekend. They had a big rally. But that is secondary. Because rallies can be emotional. Rallies can be like hype. Rallies can be like the best preacher's going to be there. It's going to be fun. And we'll do that every now and then. But the real church, the apostolic church, we baptize people when it's not on our schedules. We baptize people when we're on the way to work. We find a way to be the church every day, everywhere. We don't have to have big meetings. God wants the church to grow a little at a time every day, every day. That word daily has convicted my heart because we have become religion like the rest. We have, we have gotten together on Sundays and had party church, but it's the will of God for us to have a daily move of God. Daily, daily at your job, daily at your school, daily at vacation, daily. God help us be the church. This thing is not a Sunday only thing. As the local churches shut down and go to one day a week, we're the apostolic church. And my Bible tells me that you've got to be this daily. Folks are dying daily. People don't just die on Sundays at 2 p.m. People are going to hell daily. God help us wake up the church. We've got to be the real church every day. This series is so important because I'm so burdened that we become the real church. Oh, help us, God. 
People walk in our services all the time with broken pasts and they're hurting and they need help. We can't take one day off. People OD. I heard that Lakeside Apartment, one of the places we go, the one with 60 people, I heard that they've had four or five people OD on drugs in just the past month or so. Those are souls that were right there and we're trying to get the territory and people are ODing all around us there in East Austin. You don't hear about it. You don't even know what's going on, but it's happening. Daily people need Jesus. And the real church at its maximum final place is able to be itself every day, 24 hours a day. The church does not shut down. Brother Dell, I have a vision that our loving Austin headquarters could be open 24 hours a day. There's a coffee shop down the road open 24 hours a day. It's five minutes from our headquarters. Coffee. God help us be the church. I hope you're feeling the burden. Would you close your eyes and pray? I hope you're feeling the burden. God help us be the church. Daily, Jesus. Thank you for the word today, God. Thank you for the instruction. Thank you, God, for the direction. Thank you, God, for the teaching. Help us, God, now download in our spirit what it means to be the real church. I'm going to be the real church. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to give up. I don't care what it takes. I don't care what they call me, Pentecostal, apostolic. I'm going to be the real church. It's who we're called to be. I'm not just going to go to church. I'm going to be the church. It's the calling for every believer. God, help us to rise up and be the church. Let's lift our hands in praise and love Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. God, give us a burden. Give us a truth to us. Put truth in us. We're so religious and traditional, God. We need a revival of obeying scriptures. We try to fight. We try to get around it. We look for ways, but it's foolish, God. Your word is so clear. We gotta do it God's way. We gotta do it your way, Jesus. I'm gonna lead you in some prayer. You can stand or whatever you want, kneel. I'm gonna lead you in prayer today first prayer is, God, help us to be steadfast. Help us to be glued, stuck, devoted. Jesus, can we pray right now? If you're in the church, let's pray together right now. God, help me to be glued. Help me to be inseparable from the church. Help me, God, to be so faithful and devoted to the teachings that will unify us, that will grow us, mature us. God, I pray a prayer of steadfastness right now over us. God, I want to have such a passion for you that I am always there. I'm just, I'm waiting. I'm like a server at a table. Like, what can I do? How can I help? I just want to be involved in the church. Let that be our heart today, Jesus. Steadfastness. God, I'm praying a prayer right now over us that we would be able to fellowship with each other and talk and talk and talk and communicate women to women, men to men, 
couples, some meetings and small groups. God, help us just to be able to talk. We can't even hang out with each other, God. we got to repent and fast until we can enjoy each other's presence, until we can be peaceable and we can be, we can be funny and we can laugh and not take things so serious all the time. God, help us to be able to build relationships that are deep and long-lasting. God, let the church be a place of fellowship in the name of Jesus. God, help us to be able to eat together. There's people here right now, you don't eat with anybody, you hang out with anybody, you never do. But in the name of Jesus, if you're in the church, it's time for you to schedule it. It's time for you to do it. Overcome your fears, serve, bless. It's time to get involved and get connected. Go out to eat today. Go eat something cheap if you have to, but get connected. Ask somebody. Humble yourself. Quit worrying about what people think about you. People, only thing they can say is no. Find somebody else. If you're hungry, God will supply God, help us to be a church that prays together. God, help us to be a church that prays together. Because when our relationships are good, then we can get together and we can bless each other in spiritual moves of the Holy Ghost. And people can lay hands on me and I can lay hands on them and together we can be healed and work together and we can deal with spirits and and issues and evil darkness. God, help us to be able to pray together as the church. Why don't you grab somebody's hand beside you and, and just practice right now and pray together. Pray together. Somebody you probably know, someone you probably live with, but, but grab their hand and say, we, we got to pray together. we we got to pray together. We can't just laugh and have fun. We can't just, just hang out and, and chill and eat food. we got to learn to be spiritual. we got to learn to talk in tongues, hold your hand. And we can't be intimidated to be spiritual around each other. God, help us be the church. It's not just fall fest and playing. you got to grab somebody's hand every now and say, let's pray. Find your best friend. Find somebody you love playing games with. Grab their hand and say, let's pray. Come on, we play together. We pray together. We play together. We pray together. We're friends. We're buds. Let's pray. Woo, Jesus. God, whatever my brother is facing, whatever my sister is facing, oh, God. Hear us, God. We join together right now. Husbands and wives, we pray together. We don't just hang out and play golf and talk about fishing. We pray. We're the church. House to house, temple to temple, wherever we are, we pray together. We pray, we talk, we pray, we talk, we pray, we eat, we talk, we pray, we eat. We study, we listen to the apostles. Oh, God, this is right. I feel the witness of the Holy Ghost. Somebody obey what you feel right now. Come on, move around. Obey the Holy Ghost.